Welcome to the Confluence Investment Asset Allocation Weekly Podcast. I'm Phil Adler, and I'm joined by Bill O'Grady, Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist. The Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated August 14th, 2020, addresses the reasons for the recent rise in precious metals prices and considers how long this trend might continue. Bill, how dramatic has the increase in prices been? Gold prices made all-time highs in nominal terms recently, although in inflation-adjusted terms, it remains below the peak seen in 1980. Year-to-date, gold's up 33.6% using the London AM gold fixing price. Historically, the yearly change is a bit more than the standard deviation, which would suggest that the rise has been notable, but not unprecedented. The only asset that has been stronger than gold has been silver, which has more than doubled. I wanted to ask about the other precious metals, whether the increase is primarily in gold or is it evident in a broad array of precious metals? Well, until recently, gold was acting alone. That's because other precious metals, such as silver and platinum, also have industrial uses where gold's industrial consumption is limited. For example, in March, we saw the gold-silver ratio reach an all-time high. The situation reflected that dramatic decline in economic activity as the lockdowns were implemented. As the economic recovery began, silver prices have rebounded sharply. Platinum has continued to lag because the demand for diesel catalytic converters has remained soft. The gold-platinum ratio remains unusually elevated. Although we didn't discuss it in our report, Bitcoin prices have been strong too. Bitcoin has lots of issues, but as an asset, it has most character, most of the characteristics of gold. Precious metals are often seen as a safe haven during times of economic or political stress. Is that the case this time? It's certainly an element of current demand. The drop in economic growth was historic, but fears of civil unrest and concerns surrounding political stability in the election are playing a role as well. The way markets are behaving, it suggests an expectation of future inflation. How do you measure this? Well, measuring inflation expectations has been difficult historically. The University of Michigan has a long survey where it has asked participants what they think the inflation will be in the future, but it isn't clear if these expectations simply mirror current conditions. However, with the advent of Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, or TIPS, it is now possible to determine what investors think inflation will be. The principle of tips is adjusted based on the inflation rate. So if inflation rises, the coupon remains the same, but the interest earned rises because the principle is increased. Because of the inflation protection, the interest rate on tips is almost always less than regular treasuries. The only time that isn't the case is when inflation expectations rise significantly. Do gold prices always move hand in hand with 10-year treasury yields? No, but they do closely track the difference between yields on the nominal 10-year T-note and the same rate on tips. That is the measure of the expected inflation rate. What we are seeing in the current market are expectations that the Fed is going to engage in yield curve control. That means the Fed would keep interest rates steady and prevent rates from rising even if inflation rises and conditions warrant higher yields. In that environment, tips yields rise implying that inflation expectations are rising. As a consequence, this situation is positive for gold. Inflation expectations may not be the only reason for the rise in the price of gold. What role does 
short selling play. The futures markets are designed to offset price risk. The vast majority of open positions in the futures markets are closed prior to expiration. In fact, if a futures market becomes a primary conduit for delivery, it no longer functions well as a futures market because the market itself becomes less liquid. Speculators, critical for market liquidity, tend to leave in that situation. In the gold market, there are bullion dealers that will provide over-the-counter swaps to protect prices for gold miners, goldsmiths, etc. These are often short hedges that protect those commercial enterprises from falling prices. These firms could use futures, but they like the customization and easier terms on margining that swaps can offer. In theory, the bullion dealer holds gold, and so if the short hedge wants to actually take delivery, the bullion dealer should have those supplies on hand to deliver. However, there is speculation that the bullion dealers may have generated more short swaps than their actual holdings. Thus, they may try to protect their shorts by temporary short positions on the futures markets. And in the current situation, we are seeing more futures positions held for delivery. That is squeezing the bullion dealers. Bill, explain a little more how this works. Well, the most effective way to buy gold is through the futures markets. In other words, if you take a long position and accept delivery at expiration, you get an exchange receipt. And that gold is held physically at the exchange in New York or London, and the buyer holds that warehouse receipt. The warehouse receipt can be sold at any time by just simply putting a short futures position into the futures market and delivering that warehouse receipt. This is the best way to buy gold because it, it lowers the bid-ask spread for physical gold, which can be considerable. The reason most investors don't buy gold this way is that a futures contract is 100 ounces, which may be more than a non-qualified buyer can afford. What appears to be happening is that as long futures positions are forcing the bullion dealers to actually have to deliver physical gold, and that is a factor accelerating the higher price. Does short selling usually coincide with inflation expectations? No, this is really just a technical feature of the current market. What are your expectations, Bill, for precious metals from this point on? I remain bullish. We have monetary conditions that are historically easy with tones of currency debasement. Keep in mind that the opportunity cost of holding gold is the interest one foregoes. With nominal rates low and real rates negative, the opportunity costs of holding gold are currently negligible. What action has the Confluence Asset Allocation Committee implemented so far to take advantage of this trend? We have had an allocation to precious metals since the second quarter of 2018. We added silver two quarters ago. In 2018, we added gold as we became concerned about the length of the expansion and worried about extended equity markets. We have steadily added to this precious metals position as conditions have deteriorated. What further action might the committee be contemplating? Well, the next big issue is how big a position we contemplate for precious metals. Currently, the largest position in any of the portfolios is 15%. Traditionally, 10% is considered a full allocation by most asset allocators. But going forward, we may be in a world that is outside what we have become accustomed. And so we may need to think about what a full position in this asset class may entail. Thank you, Bill. 
You can find a link to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report on the front page of confluenceinvestment.com. Also on that page, you can find a link to a PowerPoint presentation discussing charts which support the Confluence Outlook. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 